All right, I got to tell you, man, I'm getting a little bit exhausted with some of these readings. <laughs> I thought that was what we were saying with uh, Advent and Lent. Like, is there no yeah, end? So, well, <laughs> it's like, what's 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 particularly frustrating this time around is that we're in year A, and so all of the all of the Sunday readings are Matthew, uh-huh. but then all of the daily mass readings are also, are Matthew, also Matthew, and so yeah, yeah, we're having all these repetitions, and so like. As we record this, Monday, the Monday that we're recording this, the gospel for Mass is the walking on water, yeah. which is the reading for this upcoming which Sunday. Which is what we got, yeah. Well, I mean, this is very Ignatian, Deacon, isn't it? Oh. Repetition? Yeah, repetition is good. Repetition is good. So this upcoming Wednesday, for example, the reading at Mass is going to be the reading for my first Mass. Oh, so you get a, uh, a dry run, a dress rehearsal. For your for your homily, a little dress rehearsal, which will be good because that's a particularly challenging gospel passage. Yeah, wait, you're not a priest yet? Still not. <laughs> well, I am baptized priest, prophet, and king, there, but I've not been ordained to the ministerial priesthood yet. There it is. You're the uh, what do they call it? Priesthood of the faithful. I am universally a priest, <laughs> but I'm not particularly mm. a priest. But I'll be a priest within what twelve days? Yeah, how about that? That's cool. Oh, thank the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So uh, what's up with you? Have you gotten a chance to plug into a parish yet, or are you saying masses anywhere? No, no. I, well, I am kind of. So I'm, we're, do, we're still doing video mass at the school. Uh, I okay. was on retreat, so I didn't get a chance to do Sunday mass um, this past week. Probably this weekend, uh, I'm going to go over to Grand Coteau for our uh, for the vow mass for our for our novices taking vows, but I, I'll be back on on Sunday. So, hmm. um, yeah. So even the recording masses like yesterday, you didn't get a chance to preach to record for the school. You weren't presenting at the not, school mass yesterday. I was not. No, hmm. no. It was the president, Father Johnson. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I did. I got to preach. What? I was at go? my parish and. It went really well. I've uh, I've gotten into a cycle with the pastor where I preach one mass a weekend, um, which is great. So yesterday I preached the eleven o'clock and it went really well. I've started posting my homilies again on YouTube, uh-huh. uh, so we'll leave the link in the show notes. Um, it's still in Spanish, and so I apologize to those who don't speak Spanish, <laughs> but my homilies are still. It's fine. I'm at a Spanish speaking parish. Um, I really focused a lot on I think one thing we talked about last week, which was how Jesus was moved to compassion, mm-hmm. having experienced the death of John the Baptist, yeah. you know, and how his own sorrow gave him the ability to, to have pity, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but it was good. It was, it was very simple. I've been finding surprisingly that all of my Sunday homilies have not been, if you look at the recordings, they're not longer than five minutes. Good. Like they're, yeah. <laughs> That's good. I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Like I was talking to a friend of mine here who has been listening to them and he said, short and you pack a punch and that's all we need. Yeah, you know, absolutely. like you don't need... Nobody cares how smart you are, David. Thing. Right, least of least of all me. I don't really <laughs> care either. Like I just I just want to get in and get out. Yeah. Like I don't want to spend too much time up there, you know. Um, no, but anyway, it's been kind of interesting just because the all the readings are kind of flowing into each other. So like yeah. the reading we have this upcoming Sunday is taken immediately after the reading we had for this past Sunday. So like Jesus feeds the five thousand. And then after that, it's this gospel. Mm-hmm. It's now remind it me. Starts right here. Did last week's reading? So here we've got on the one, two, three, fourth line. After doing so, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Is that? Mm-hmm. 
did Jesus do that as well last week? Or he tried to, I guess. No, he did. He did. So actually, that's one of the things that I focused on today when I preached at Daily Mass, which is that the feeding of the 5,000 immediately is preceded by him retreating to him by himself, um, presumably to mourn the loss mm-hmm. of John the Baptist. And then today, the walking on water is immediately preceded by the same. Mm-hmm. So I, as one of the things that I might consider preaching on this upcoming Sunday is how like these two big events are both preceded by Jesus taking time to pray. Yeah. Um, and how we can focus on the miracle of the walking on the water. Obviously, there's a lot to take from that. But there's something about, like, Jesus just doesn't move from one thing to the next. He he feeds the 5,000 and then retreats to spend time with, with his father and then goes and works another miracle. Like, there's maybe a lesson there for this whole section of Matthew that yeah. Jesus' dependence on his father, like, the ministry that we all engage in, we're still very much dependent on on God for whatever power it is that we have in the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. And there's there's something beautiful about the you know, this being kind of the active and the contemplative being two sides of the same coin. Um mm-hmm. that you can't have one without the other. Um even even like a, a contemplative vocation, you know, like a cloistered convent or a monastery, there's still a mm-hmm. lot of mm-hmm. like physical work that they they're not just sitting in their right. rooms praying all day long. Um, yeah, absolutely. Totally. Work and prayer for mm-hmm. sure. Um I think one of the things that I tried to hone in on today when I preached this this gospel was why do we pray? Like why why do we spend time in prayer? And part of it is because we are told to, we are commanded to. <laughs> yeah. Um but I think part of it too is to like you can't give what you don't have, you mm-hmm. know, and also just like reconnecting with the Father is essential. Like it it acknowledges our dependence, but also that's where we receive so that we can give. Like, what is Jesus giving if he hasn't received it first? Yeah. You know, everything that I have, I receive from my father, yep. he says. Yep, yep. Um, you know, so I, I think it might be, Jonathan, that the uh, the homily this upcoming Sunday, if you connect this reading to the first reading, mm-hmm. may be a really good time for a catechesis on prayer. Because, like, the first reading, I think, is, if I go back, yeah, it's it's the Elijah reading with the, the still soft voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, where do we look for God? Like, do we look for God in the excitement in the the hubbub of our life and the work that we do. Are we looking for God to work great miracles? Or are we looking for God in the seclusion, the isolation of a time spent in prayer? You know, not that they're mutually exclusive because God can also work miracles, obviously, right. and earthquakes, but Well, and I think yeah. that's the thing that people forget a lot of the time. You know, we're, this the still small voice, I love this this passage. I love um Elijah. He's such a metal prophet. Um mm-hmm. But I think one of the dangers of this being kind of overly sentimentalized is that the the sense that people get is God is only in the tiny whispering sound. Mm, that's where he's interesting. easy. I mean, that's where we find him because it's where we, that's where we remove ourselves. The danger mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. like to say, oh, well, you know, God isn't in the mountains. God isn't in the heavy winds. God isn't in these tumultuous times, these difficult times of my life. God is mm-hmm. only in mm-hmm. when I'm, you know, on my A game with prayer, when I'm able to really get in and 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 do it. And right. like I get the sentiment, but I just think it's totally totally misleading and does quite frankly a lot of damage because you've got mm-hmm. to go through in a sense all of those different um those different levels to get to the point. I mean, this is the retreat experience. You've got to slowly slowly quiet yourself mm-hmm. down before you can hear that still small voice that tiny whisper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God is still there, but we just can't hear it. <laughs> mm, yeah. I mean, so the reading does say the Lord was not in the wind. Well, 
So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. And the Lord was n- not in the earth. But I mean, I, I get your point. I just don't want to contradict what the text says. The text does say that he wasn't <laughs> in those things. Um, but your point is well taken. Like you can have a whole catechesis here about how God is. See, like what I want to rail against a little bit, which I think is why it's helpful to focus on Jesus retreating, is that we love being important. Yeah. And we love doing big things and working hard and doing things, wonderful things for God. But I don't know about you, but I struggle with retreating mm-hmm. to spending time alone in prayer. Like my work is my prayer. Like that's what I spend time doing, you know? Um, and that trap, right? The trap of only in, if I can, if I can move mountains and if I, if I can cause earthquakes, if there can be beautiful sirens, like if I can make a stir in the world, then that's God's working. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how can I also retreat and realize that my whole life isn't just about, you know, the big gestures of of God working in the world, you know? Yeah, you know, I guess I hate to bring it up yet again, but that moment in The Great Divorce that I love so much, you know, sometimes you need the big crash, the big um, stampede of unicorns to come in and, and stop making you think about yourself for just a second, for just a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, okay, and that may not be God per se, but that's an event that can help you recognize where God is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Hey, so let's switch gears really quick. I, I want to know what you would do with Peter walking on the water. Because I <laughs> I kind of am staying away from that just because I don't really know what to do with that. Yeah. You know, because I – it's it's a very well-known, mm-hmm. obviously a very right. often – you know, preached on, it can become kind of trite. We've prayed with it a lot on retreats. Um, what would you do with that? What could you do that's fresh? What could you do that is useful, helpful, maybe even in the same line of what we've been talking about with, because like the, the water is, you know, the winds are, are up, like there's wind, there's storm, yeah. but there's also the still small voice of Jesus saying, come. Right. You know. Yeah. You know, I think that's a really good question. And just like with Elijah, this is easily kind of just boiled down to over overly sentimental, you know, what have you. Uh, I saw this really good tweet this morning by a mutual priest friend of ours from Dallas. He said, uh, like his homily tweet was, Peter is frightened and then sinks. Think about mm. that. Like, because I think, in, at least in my imagination, it's often he's sinking and is, fra- is afraid. But that's mm. not what he's. That's not what the text uh, says. Come out onto the right. water. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened and began to sink, crying, "Lord, save me!" Right. And so I think there's mm-hmm. an interesting dynamic there that we, um, you know, we're often afraid of saying, "Oh well, you know, I can't really ask." God for what I want because, you know, miracles don't happen that way. So it's, you know, I'm afraid of it just not happening. Okay. That's Mm -hmm. one way of of being afraid. But consider the fear that what you ask of God will actually happen. (laughs) Like, oh my God, I didn't expect this. (laughs) Now what do I do? And I find that Mm. that's kind of the Peter moment here is like, you know, he's often portrayed as being this very overly zealous, you know, going, running as fast as he can, um, going headstrong. And mm-hmm, he says, Lord, mm-hmm. if you command me, come out of the water. And so he did it, like without even thinking. And then he started to think, and it, things got a little scary. And that's when he wavered. Right. That's when he right. doubted. Um, and this yeah. is not the first time yeah. that he doubts, right? This is, this is in a sense, a, a prefigurement of his, of his denial of Christ 
three more times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so so wait, help me understand, in this reading, where is the doubt? Is the doubt in the becoming frightened? I think it's the fear, yeah. I think it's the fear of like the reality of what he's doing is setting in and not like what we think of the reality, like, you know, quote unquote reality, people don't walk on water, but the reality Mm -hmm. of who Jesus is God, anything is possible. And that reality is frightening. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. And and I think that's a very helpful, I I think typically I, I tend to think about it that way too, is him like, at least it doesn't say this in the text, at least here, but like when we generally talk about this passage, it's like the moment he stopped looking at Jesus or lo- started looking at the water, he started to sink. Yeah. Which the text doesn't say that, but it's presumed, I guess, with the frightening thing where he becomes in tune with the wind. Yeah. I, this is probably wrong, but I'm just going to say it. Just is his, because this is definitely wrong. I'm just going to say <laughs> it though. Is his doubt, is his doubt needing to say, Lord, save me? Hmm. Because is there doubt there that Jesus would save him? So I don't. Is he, does he need to tell Jesus to save him? Yeah. No. No, he doesn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, exa- I know exactly what you mean. And I, I think that's, I don't think that's dumb at all. I don't think that's not right. Um, I think there may be some truth to that because he's, yeah, hmm, I have to think about that some more. Yeah, because so like, so, okay, Peter got out of the boat, began to walk on the water. When he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened, began to sink, and cried out, Lord, have mercy. Yeah. Lord, save me. Yeah. So all of that stuff, then the response is, why did you doubt? But it's not clear what the doubt is Yeah, what is he doubting? To. You know, is it, and I think a lot of us saved. in our popular sense, mm. yeah, I mean, I'm just wondering, like, is he doubting that Jesus will save him, and does he need to, like, cry out, save me? Now, I don't want to put too fine a point on it, because I think there's really good evidence in the scriptures that we need to beg Lord to save yeah. us, right? Like, well, so you know, have all- what if this is tied into what I was saying about the first reading, that a lot of the time we try to falsely, I think, tell ourselves that if we do just keep our eyes on Jesus, if we do just, you know, keep keep at it with prayer and listening to that still small voice, then we won't fall. We won't start to sink. When the other side of our brain says, well, that's just not reality. <laughs> we're going mm-hmm. to fall. We're going to sin. Right. We're going to sink. But that's an interesting thing you're saying as well. Like, we should trust, and we do trust, I think, that's part of our faith, that God will save us. But it is also part of right. our tradition, at least, maybe that's a better way to put it, of of crying out, of asking, Lord, save me. Yeah. No, so it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of fun to play with this, just to think about, like, is it a lack of faith? Is it him doubting to have, to start to sink? Yeah. Or is that sometimes just that the boat gets rocked and you start to sink? Um, but do you trust that Jesus will save you regardless? You know? And maybe we can just like two ways of hearing the Lord save me. One is the very good, what a Christian should say, which is Lord save me. But the other one might be like, I doubt Lord that you yeah. can mm. save me. You know, so please do it. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's just, just a, a yeah. Food for Ooh, that's really interesting. I don't know that I'd preach on that. I have, but <laughs> yeah, but that's no, but it's good to think that's about. Good for prayer. Um, you so know, here's here's another. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say. Well, I was just <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. No, you go. You go. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of parallels here. So Peter became afraid at the strong wind, and then Elijah, God is in the still small wind. Mm. Um, you know, and. And I'm reminded of the end of John's gospel where 
Jesus asks Peter three times, do you love me? And he has to say mm-hmm. it like, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And so there's yeah. this interesting juxtaposition of what is and what isn't, what God wants from us and God, what God doesn't want from us. And it's not always clear uh, like what it is, because sometimes it's the the thing that you're not expecting. Maybe that's part of it. Mm. Is it is you know because we can get it into our minds what we think God wants and what we think we know about God, and that's rarely accurate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I don't know, and it's, yeah, still not a a well thought out thought, but sure, sure. I think there could be. I, something I do want to. Yeah, totally. And by extension, I do want to just point out one parallel that you've alluded to, which has been tickling my imagination, is this is not the first time we've seen Peter jump out of a boat. Mm. Um, or this is the first time, but it's not the last time. Right. So we'll see him on Resurrection Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Right before... Seeing, right before what you've just talked about, yeah. right? So like, but what's cool about that moment is that I, I want to put a, a finger on, he's saying here, Lord, if it is you, if, mm. if it is you, oh. he has doubt. Yeah. You know, if it is you, command me. Maybe that's the doubt. If it Maybe is you, command if. me to come out. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> I never, I had never thought of that. And at the be- at the beginning, well, at, in John's gospel, um, he, well, Peter's not the one that recognizes him first. Right, it's John. And then what happens is that John recognizes him, but then Peter, Peter trusts jumped, John's and witness. And jumps in, yeah. Ooh, ooh. He just jumps in without being commanded to. He just oh, does it. <laughs> that could be the homily, bro. <laughs> Tell me about it. You you say it in your own words. Well, just I think you're totally right. You know, do we do we doubt when we hear God's voice? Sometimes, I mean, mm-hmm. oftentimes. <laughs> let's be real. Uh, yeah. And there's a beautiful witness in the figure of Peter. Okay, we're crossing gospels here. Okay, but there's this beautiful witness in in the figure of Peter who is going from unbelief to belief. He's going from doubt yeah. to certainty, and that's the journey right. that we all are on. Every single day. There you go. Yeah. So, so it's great. So, too, like, okay, so this, I'm not, sh- okay, yeah. So, this is happening at nighttime. Uh, and the Resurrection Sunday one is happening in the, in morning. the morning. Yeah. So, so there's the movement from darkness, darkness to light, to light. Yeah. from doubt mm, to mm, faith. Mm. Um, if the, the, the doubt here may be not the turning his eyes away from Jesus, but just the wondering is if it, it is you. Is it really him? Ooh, man. Uh, and then Jesus on Resurrection Sunday is recognized by John, and Peter doesn't even need to be convinced. Right. He just even takes John's witness as enough, and he doesn't even ask the question, is it the Lord? He just jumps in. Mm. And that's the difference, and that's the power of the resurrection to change this man from unbelieving to believing. And of course, he has his next stage of conversion on the shore with the do you mm-hmm. love me? Right. But that question of faith is there here with that it, that if that if like looms large, yeah. In this, you know, in this passage, absolutely. I, and quite honestly, that did not even I didn't even notice that that part. Yeah, yeah. If it is yeah. you, I just read it. Lord, command oh me to gosh. come out on the water. <laughs> yeah, but that if if it is you, is Ooh, it that changes it, man? Wow. That changes it. That's huge. You know, and I've always thought of that moment in the Gospel of John as like Peter's baptism, like his rebirth. Um, you know, it's it's just kind of like my own prayer, yeah, fantasy fiction thing. But yeah, yeah, um, cool, man. I think we got something here. Yeah, ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. Cool, bro. Any parting thoughts? Uh, just that I have no idea what 
to do with this letter, this reading from Romans. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> we should pray about that some more. <laughs> I speak the truth in Christ. I do not lie. Yeah. That's how you should end Boom. your gospel. Yeah. Your homily. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Until next time. Alrighty. Bye. Peace.